The following is a presentation of Embassy Media and Marshall Davis Ministries. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Financial Friday. We've got an awesome topic lined up for you, and I'm excited to go forward with my brother here uh, and excited for the content that will be shared tonight. Uh, however, before we get started, we just want to uh, acknowledge that we understand the season that we're in. We understand that everyone uh, may be watching, know someone, uh, or if not you yourself, has battled with COVID-19. So we want to especially uh, extend our prayers to you and let you know that we're believing God continually for your healing uh, and your health, in your health, uh, and your mental state. And to that end, I just want to uh, invite you to tune in to uh, the recording that's posted here as well on this page called Your Mental Health Matters, Chicagoland Christian Center, which brings you every Friday, Financial Friday, had an opportunity to partner uh, with the state of Illinois to really educate people on what it means uh, to survive during this time. So uh, we were blessed the other night to have uh, India Blakely, licensed clinical professional counselor, to provide some biblical sound principles on how the people of God and the world can deal during this time. So we just invite you to scroll down beneath this broadcast and listen in, like, share with your friends and family. It will absolutely bless your life. So thank you in advance for doing that. But uh, without further ado, Financial Friday, I'm excited about the topic tonight. I'm just pumped up just off of the title. We're going to be talking about hindrances to building kingdom wealth. And so I'm elated to be here with my brother once again on a Friday evening, standing in for Pastor Sean Davis. As you know, this broadcast is brought to you by Marshall Davis Ministries in Chicagoland Christian Center. So without further ado, my brother, oh man, I'm excited for what you have in store for us tonight. Amen. Thank you, Brother Anthony. I appreciate you bringing up the mental health seminar. I happened to listen to it yesterday when it was broadcast on Apostles' uh, Facebook page. And it was an awesome teaching. There were definitely just not biblical principles, but there are practical, practical, practical usages, practical usages for coping with everyday life. So Amen. definitely, if you get a chance, go ahead and look at it and then share it also, because I think it's a great topic that we need to discuss. Uh, uh, people always complain that the church doesn't address mental health. Well, here's an opportunity where we did address mental health, so you need to take advantage of it, the information that's out there. But as Prophet Anthony said, back to Financial Fridays, and today we're going to talk about hindrances to obtaining kingdom wealth. We're going to just jump right into it once again. Thank you for being here with us on Financial Fridays. The first thing we need to realize is that we choose our own fates. A lot of times because things happen in life, like you know, COVID, for example, we believe that we're our life is not under our control and god we need to realize that god has absolutely placed our own lives under our own control and that's determined by the fact that we have the ability to make choices even in a situation like we're dealing with COVID, you have a choice you might not have a choice about COVID, but you have a choice on how you view COVID, how you respond to COVID. Mm -hmm. do you want to stay the same or do you want to come out on the other side of COVID? in a better place than you were when you went in. So there's definitely, I heard somebody talking, uh, and I think it was the mental health thing, the mental health seminar, and the lady was saying how churches are realizing that they, they were in a place of complacency before that. 
before COVID hit. And they realized they had to do things differently. And all of us should be reevaluating this with this extra time we have. We should be reevaluating our lives and saying, hey, is this something I need to do? Take advantage of why I have this extra time, which normally all of all of us has. So from Joshua 24 and 15, it's a familiar passage of scripture. It's for me and my house. We'll serve the Lord. But if you read the scripture, you'll find out it was three choices in there. The, you had the choice to choose the gods on the other side of the flood. The choice number two was the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And then and then choice number three, we mentioned, as we mentioned, for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Choice number one, remember, you always have a choice how you want to view life. You can view life through your past. That's choice number one. If we view life through our past, we're always talking about what happened in the past, uh, what mistakes we made, what people did to us our parents or what our parents didn't do, what our great grandparents didn't do. That keeps us focused on the past. So it keeps us from connecting to God because we know God is a God of the future. According to Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the thoughts I have towards you thoughts of peace and not evil to give you an expected end or to give you a hope in the future. So God is always focused on your future. You know, everybody knows I delve in the stock market. Even the stock market follows that principles. The stock market deals specifically with what's going to happen in the future. That's why the stock, even during this COVID situation, the stock market has consistently gone up because they're looking forward to the day when COVID is over and everything can go back to normal. So we need to be focused on the future, just like God is focused on the future. Choice number two was in the present, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And that represents comfortability or being comfortable and not moving forward, not operating in faith. So sometimes we just get in a place in life where we feel like we've accomplished everything that we wanted to accomplish. And we just stay where we are and we don't move forward anymore. We don't think about the next generation behind us. We just focus on maintaining what we have. And then as I, the last one, choice number three, the future, which we already mentioned. So you choose your own fate. It's not predetermined. You're not predestined to be sick. You're not predestined to be poor. You're not predestined to be miserable. You choose what you want out of life. So that's number one. That's the number one hindrance that when we believe we don't choose what we want, you can choose to be wealthy. The next thing, and this is, we might spend a little time on this one because this one hits dear and close to my heart. We have to stop believing that we're under a curse, specifically a generational curse. The Bible does not promote generational curses. And we're going to go through a script by scripture. And generational curses, when we confess that we're under a generational curse, is dangerous because what it does is it diminishes the work of the cross. It says the power of the cross, Jesus died and was resurrected. That no longer has power over my life because I'm focused now. Generational curses place focuses place a focus on what you do instead of faith. Galatians 3 and 1 says, oh, ye foolish Galatians, who will be with you? You began in faith. Now you want to go back to works. So this is important that we realize this because a lot of people actually believe that because their parents were at a certain economic status or their parents grew up in a certain neighborhood, they grew up in a certain neighborhood, that automatically inhibits their ability to obtain wealth, right? And it doesn't because everything we obtain is through faith. 
So I'm going to prove it to you. Right. So we automatically believe that certain people based on their last names have a right to tap into wealth. Mm. So for instance, we hear the name Rockefeller. We hear the name uh, Daly. We hear the name Kennedy. And now today, more modern, we hear Clinton or Obama. We can't imagine those people being not tapping into wealth, right? And we automatically think they deserve wealth because what their forefathers have accomplished is based on work. It's not based on, you know, this is in our mind. So when we focus on works, we're always comparing ourselves to other people. Mm. And we say, well, it's easy for them. Because they mom did this, they dad did this, look who their parents are. And that places the focus on what somebody in the past has accomplished instead of focuses on your focusing on your future. And I think personally, me personally, I think when you complain and you focus, you you you, you focus on other people, that drains your mental creativity creativity to get you mm. out of your situation. Why is that? Because you've automatically told yourself. I can't do it. It's too hard. So your mind is automatically responding to what you're telling it. So it's going to when we're going to get into this later on, we talk about adapting to our environment. You automatically can only see what you believe. So if you believe that you can't accomplish it, you're automatically going to see what you can accomplish. If you believe you can accomplish, all you're going to see is opportunities. So let's get I, I kind of skipped ahead. I didn't read the scripture. So Deuteronomy 30 and 19 says we can choose life and blessings or death and curse. So we have a choice. We can choose either one. So it's not based on where you grew up or anything. It's based on our choice. Deuteronomy 24 and 16 says every man is responsible for his own choices. So I don't have to be bound to the choices of my parents or the choices of my great grandparents or the fact that my parents, my four parents might have been in slavery. I don't have to be bound to that. Ezekiel 18 and 20 said the son will not share the guilt of the father, nor will the father share the guilt of his son. So it tells you right there, God's mindset. God is not looking at you through your father's sin. He's not looking at you through what happened to your four parents. He's looking at you specifically based on how you respond to him in faith. So we need to make sure that we're responding to God in faith and not based on our past. Once again, God is based responding to you based on your faith. And then I read all these different scriptures. We can base it all, we can sum it up in Galatians 3:13 and 14. Christ has died to redeem us from the curse of the law. So even if you still think you under a curse, the word tells us. He died to redeem us from the curse of the law. And he not only did that, he died on the cross. The scripture says that the blessing of Abraham may come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. So he died to redeem you from the curse of the law and that the blessing may be on your life. So God has no thought of you being under a curse. God only has a thought of you being blessed. So stop believing you under a curse. You are not under a curse. If you believe you're under a curse, you're going to get the fruit of your thoughts and everything you see is going to be a curse. 
So stop believing that. And then 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you have no spiritual connection to your ancestors. So your sin, the sin of your ancestors mean nothing to God because you are a new creation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The next thing we need to answer, are we adapting or are we dominate, dominating? Are we adapting or are we dominating? So it's a difference. So we need to understand the difference based on what the word of God says to us. So we're going to go through a few definitions. To adapt is to adjust to different conditions or a new environment. It's to fit or modify to a new or different purpose. When you adapt, you are responding to your environment. Okay? You forgot that? To dominate means something different. It means to be in control or have the power to defeat. Dominate is related to domain, which means home. When you have master of a home or thing, you dominate it. When you dominate, you're overcoming your environment. And that's found in that's a directly related to Genesis 1 27 through 28. You can read it in your old time, own time, but it says that we should have dominion over the entire earth realm. So God expects us to dominate the earth realm. He doesn't expect us to adapt. He doesn't expect us to fit in. He doesn't expect us to say, well, I grew up in this neighborhood, so I have to blend in and be like everybody else. No, he expects you to overcome your environment. That's what he's put inside of you to overcome your environment. Adapt When we adapt to our environment, it causes us to focus on trauma. And we need to realize yeah. trauma is a direct response to your environment. So trauma causes you to adapt and say, whatever trauma calls me, this is what I'm going to flow in. Mm. This allows a cycle of addiction to remain in your life and allows you to feel hopeless, that you can't change, that you'll be in this situation the rest of your life. So adapting focuses on trauma, what hurt that I dealt with. The word of God focuses on what? Being healed. The word of God says you'll have trauma, but I'm here that you be healed. So let's get you healed. Dominating your environment causes you to respond to the word of God. And then you once again, I'm not going to read the scriptures. You can write it down. Romans 8, 35 through 39. So I kind of want to quote it, but I don't want to mess it up. God wants you to be an overcomer in every area of your life and receive healing from your trauma. Adapting causes you to think like a victim and question, why is this happening to me? Like you have no control, control how you respond to it. Why is this happening to me? Life is unfair. Why was I born into this situation? That's what adapting causes you because you respond to your environment. You're talking about what's going on around you, right? Uh, dominating causes you to think like an overcomer and ask the questions, what can I learn from this to advance in my life? So you're looking at the situation and saying, how can this thing propel me to the future? You see hope in that situation. So we need to ask ourselves, are we adapting or are we dominating? Amen. The next thing we need to focus on, we need to accept the abundance mentality, and that's going the extra mile. It, it's amazing to me that the body of Christ, we understand that the word says that whatsoever we soweth, that shall we also reap, right? But we only think of that from a negative standpoint, that if I do something bad, God going to punish me. Or if somebody does something bad to me, something bad going to happen to them. 
But we don't realize that that's a principle that we live life by. So let's let's relate it to the abundance mentality. How do you expect to live an abundant life if you don't operate your daily life abundantly? What? 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 What does that mean? I don't know what that means. What? What? What you talking about, bro? What you talking about, Elder Hen? How do you expect to walk in abundance if you only want to give the minimum? Mm. It can't happen. You sowing a minimum seed, you gonna get minimum results. That's what's gonna happen a lot. Happen in life. So Luke six thirty eight says, "Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom." And with the same measure that you meet, with all shall it be given unto you. The Passion Translation says, what you give out is what you give back in multiplication. So we need to realize that if we give minimum, we're going to get minimum back multiplied in our lives. God expects us to go the extra mile because he goes the extra mile for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He gave us his best. So he expects us to give us all his best back in return. Once again, how do you expect to walk in abundance if you don't want to operate in your daily life in abundance? How do you expect to get a promotion at your job and they say you work from nine to five and you get there at 859 and leave at 459? When it's time to get a promotion, you're going to be the last one they're looking at because they're saying, well, he, this person going to do just enough. When they look, so if you worked in a production environment and you had to process 100 units per hour, are they looking to promote the person who processed 100 units an hour or are they looking to promote or give raises to the person who, who uh, processed 150 units an hour? The world responds to abundance. And as you give abundantly, abundance come back to you. So we have to accept the abundance mentality. And then the next thing is not understanding kingdom financial values or principles. We can interchange values or principles. We need to realize that understanding values can help set achievable financial goals. So we need to make sure we understanding values like tithing and giving and going the extra mile. We need to understand those values and we need to understand that God expects us to operate as an excellent steward, to manage everything he's blessed in our life with efficiency and, product and great productivity. So what are values? Values are people, things and places that are important to me personally or to you and guide us on how we make decisions. So what are your values? Do you even know what your values are? Do you even know what you stand for? Do you even know what's important to you? Because values, what do they do? They shape how I prioritize time. They shape how I prioritize my energy. And they shape how I prioritize my money. I heard somebody say one time that you can tell what's important to a person based on who they write their checks to. So if I go back to my checkbook or people don't use checkbook, go to your statement and see who most of the stuff your bills are going to. Are they going to bill? Are they going to bill collectors? Are they going to charities? Are they going to church? Those are the priorities in your life. So we have to look at that and say, what values influencing me? So when you talk about values influencing you, you have to move on to setting financial goals. We set 
Setting goals helps you to achieve your hopes and dreams for the future by providing a realistic plan to follow. So what are goals? Well, goals are simply something you want to happen in the future. And goals will determine your future. So your goals will determine what type of future you want. Goals simply say, how would I like my life to feel in the next few months? That's what your goals are. What about the next few years? 10 years, mm -hmm. 20 years. So these what goals are. This is what I want to be here in this time. So goals are the desired results of where you want to be in whatever time frame you set for your goals. And then we have to learn how to set goals once we know what goals are. We have to learn how to set goals to prioritize money. We have to realize that developing a plan will help you visualize how you can reach your goals. All right. So writing down the plan, the word of God says, write the vision and make it plain. Writing it down develops and helps us visualize how we can achieve it. And then we have to go on and measure and track our process in our goals. So uh, short term goals. So, for instance, that can be days, weeks, months and then long term goals can be months or years. Once again, your goals represent where you want to be in the future. So to me. That says, if I don't have goals, I don't have a plan for my future, right? So your goals go towards what matters to you. Did you have any questions before I, I, I uh, moved on? You know, I did not, and I don't see that there are any here, but people of God, this is awesome stuff. Don't be selfish. Share it with the kingdom. Take an opportunity now to like and share this post. There are others in your circle that need these good principles. Amen. Amen. So continuing to talk about financial goals, you have to set SMART goals. So if you work in a corporate world, you heard you hear the SMART acronym all the time. So goals should be specific. They should be measurable. They should be action oriented. They should be reachable. And then they should have a time period of time bound. So when we talk about specific, we're saying, what is it exactly that I want to accomplish? So we have to be specific about what we want to accomplish. Defining your goals as much as possible gives you something to reach for. So when we're setting our goals and we're being specific, why is this important to me? So we know that goes back to values and why it's important that we know our values, right? So then in the being specific, we have to ask this, is this something I really want? Do I want to waste time trying to achieve this goal if I really don't want it, right? I was looking at a, a seminar the other day and they were talking about uh, I wonder, should I say what they were talking? They were talking about owning a getting extra cash by owning an Amazon store. And uh, they were talking about everything that you had to go through to do that and how you can make this amount of money. And I was liking the money part, what they were saying about the money, but all the work that entailed in, you know, owning an Amazon store and going out and picking the stuff up. And then putting labels on everything, I wasn't feeling that too much. So what does that mean? It would be ridiculous for me to set a goal to own that type of thing if I'm really not into it because all it's going to do is cause frustration in my life. And then your goals have to be measurable. How much, how many, and how will I know when I met my goal? Quantifying your goals help you to keep you on track. So you set a goal that I want to have $1,000 saved by six months from now, right? So that keeps you on track to, towards your goal. And that gives you the knowledge on what I have to do to obtain that goal. It then has to be action oriented. 
what specific actions do I need to complete in order to meet this goal, right? So, so for instance, I want to get a promotion on my job to district manager. Well, district manager requires you to have a bachelor's degree. If you want to achieve that goal, then the action you need to take is going back to school and getting your bachelor's degree, right? So it has to be action oriented. It has to be reachable. You can't set a goal that's not reachable. It's just going to frustrate you, you know. So, for instance, if I set a goal to lose weight and I say, by the end of this week, I want to lose 30 pounds. Well, that's ridiculous, right? It's impossible. Even by starving myself, I won't lose 30 pounds in a week, right? So we want to set goals that are achievable that we can actually attain. And then it has to be time bound because that keeps us honest. Do I want to achieve this goal in three months, six months, a year, we have to have time bound and we have to constantly look at our goals and if necessary, reset our goals and put, put new time limits on those goals if necessary. All right. So we finish everything we're going to talk about for Nitro Friday. We're going to give the tips. Tip number one, you got to be intentional about your finances. Finances being tapping into wealth, having the amount of finances you have is not something that's going to happen accidental you have to have a plan you have to set a goal in mind and if you have a financial number see we we get real deep in the body of christ and we tell god just bless me anyway no i want a million dollars go on and say it so you can set plans and actions so you can accomplish mm -hmm. it. that's the right. only way to account you have to be intentional yes. wealth isn't built accidentally it's an intentional process that requires your participation, participation and planning. So if you want wealth, you have to participate in a wealth building process and you have to plan. Working in banking, I meet so many people who just want to turn their finances over to you for you to work on it. No, because you hold you gonna hold me responsible for what happens. No, you need to be responsible about your finances and know what's going on with your finances all the time. Tip yes. number two. We have to be certain that we seek out fi financial advice. No one person knows everything about building wealth. We need to make sure that we seek out people from, we need to seek out advice from people along with educating ourselves by looking at financial shows, you know, like uh, CNBC, Bloomberg News, different things like that, or reading financial literal, the Wall Street Journal, Barron's Magazine, yeah, I'm looking at it right now on my desk. All these different things. We need to educate ourselves financially and stop leaving it up to the, I hear this thing now, the schools need to educate our kids. No, you need to educate your kids. You need to educate yourself. Stop depending on society to do what you have the ability to do. You know, I'm going to say something real strong. I hope nobody out there getting offended. Okay, don't get offended when I say this, but I want y'all to listen to what I'm saying because it's going to be a real strong principle. All right. I hope I don't get in trouble. Apostle and prophet is going to come and get me. If I wanted to get some weed, I guarantee you I can find somebody or I know somebody who can get me some weed. And I guarantee you everybody out there will be able to find somebody or know somebody who can get them some. You wouldn't be talking about you wouldn't be, you wouldn't be talking about well I just can't get none. You'll turn if you wanted some you'll turn every 
every stone over to get what you want. I believe it. So how about the things of God that you want? You have to turn over every stone just like you would on the natural to get. Ooh, that's good. That's good. Stop making these excuses. Tip number three: You have to be consistent. Wealth is built over time by practicing good financial principles. We need to understand and practice those principles every single day. We can't skip days. We have to make sure we understand the principles which we talk about on Financial Fridays. And then those are the three tips. And then the final thing I wanted to talk about, we've been looking at the stock market for the past year. It's been going crazy. So it drops and then it goes back up to highs. We know that's not going to continue. We need to be prepared when the market tumbles. So the key to doing that is knowing, number one, eventually it is going to tumble. We had two IPOs open this week, and they went over crazy amounts. And DoorDash, I think it was. That's who it was. And people in the financial world are absolutely terrified because Mm -hmm. they know this cannot keep happening. And eventually the bottom is going to fall out. So we need to be prepared. So how do we prepare? When you're dealing with the stock market, we need to buy well-run companies that are tied to solid businesses. So we need to invest in couple companies like Apple, Amazon, BlackRock, Netflix, Microsoft, JP Morgan Chase, and Goldman Sachs. Well-run companies that run that have solid businesses. So we need to make sure we're looking at those things. And that's all I have. Do we have any questions, uh, uh, Prophet Anthony? You know, so far there uh, there aren't any questions, but we want to again encourage you to like, share this. There are other people that can be blessing. You know, I I heard you out there as Elder was speaking. You said, "Well, how am I going to do all that?" And I'm on a fixed income. Even if you're on a fixed income, there's still room for you to invest, for you to save, for you to budget. So that is not an excuse. It's not an excuse. There's always a way. There's always a way. Right now. They have yes. a way where you can buy stocks on fractional, fractionally. So you yes. don't have to buy the whole thing. You just have to look. I heard somebody make the statement one time. It all ends and begins in the mind. And don't mm. all begin and end in your pocketbook or by who you were born to. If you tell yourself you can't do something, your mind will make sure that that's what happens. You won't accomplish it. And all you will see is a negative and the reasons why you can't accomplish it. If you open to your mind, if you open your mind to say, God's word says I have the ability to obtain wealth. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what my educational level is. I don't care what neighborhood I live in. I don't care what I have in a bank. I'm, I believe what God says, and I'm gonna respond in faith. God, I believe what you say. What's the next step? I guarantee an opportunity to be presented to you. But you can't think that way one time. You have to think that way every single day. For so long in my life, I could see nothing and walk around nothing about what bad had happened to me. And if I would have had a little more help, and if I was born a little in a different time period, and if my father would have hugged me more, and if my mother wasn't so whatever, or if I if I would have chose a different high school, but those are excuses. And my life was limited because I kept making excuses. And as soon as I let all those excuses go and accepted the word of God, which says I have the ability to access wealth as much as I want. All of a sudden, all these things just start my all, first my mindset changed. And then I just start seeing all these opportunities 
around me that I never saw before, but had always been there. But it was just a change in my mindset, which allowed me to tap into what God has, has promised me. Once again, who has been with you, O fools of Galatians? You began in faith. Now you think it's about works? No, it's all about faith. And once again, one of the most beautiful statements I ever heard, faith is a currency of the kingdom. And even the wealth of the kingdom you can tap into by faith. That's it. Unless you have something, no question. We can wrap it up for Financial Fridays. Awesome. Well, people of God, I encourage you to like, share, comment. You know, through the week, Elder goes through the post checking and responding. So if there's a question that you have, if you're watching this later on, ask your question and we'll begin next week with starting that question. This has been awesome. I am inspired. I'm charged up. I think that this is an awesome time for the people of God to invest, to budget, to do their research. And we get it all here every Friday for free. People of God, you better tap in and understand the charge, the mandate, the blessing that is before you. And we have an expert in our midst where we can soak up, learn as much as we can and run with that knowledge, people of God. So I want to encourage you to tune in on Financial Fridays. As always, you know, this broadcast is brought to you by Marshall Davis Ministries and Chicagoland Christian Center. So we thank you once again for tuning in on tonight. Be blessed. The best is yet to come.